Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to the book of Colossians. You know, if the preacher says, let's go to the book of Galatians, that means we're going to Galatians and Colossians. If he says, let's go to the book of Philippians, that means we're going to Philippians and Ephesians. But let's just go to Colossians right now. I want to talk to you this morning, a little unusual this morning. <clears throat> and I realize it's Palm Sunday and all, and maybe I, I could preach some different things, but, but I just like to preach what's on my heart. I find that works best. You know, just preach what the Lord's quickened to you. And, you, you know, you just don't know people, you, lives. You don't know what they need to hear. You just don't know. But He does. You know, and I'll say things sometimes like, why did I say that? And then, you know, somebody needed it. Amen. But this morning, I think somebody needs this. Actually, I don't just think somebody needs this. I think we all need this message this morning. What are you going to talk about, Pastor? Well, I'm going to talk about don't be body ruled. <laughs> don't be ruled by your body. Why is this important? Well, we will see here. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2 because <laughs> it is important. It is important. You know, your body's a great servant, but it's a lousy master. It'll get you in trouble. Amen? You know, I, I, I gave you my goal, you know, of losing 30 pounds this year. And, and I told you I just had 31 more to go. Well, I took some authority over my body, and now I've only got 29 and a half to go. Hallelujah. But, you know, the body will try to rule you, won't it? It'll try to get you, you know, to do what it wants to do. <laughs> but I want to show you something here. And I want to start out here in Colossians chapter 2 in verse 11. Um, if you have it, say, I got it. It says, In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Now, before we read on, you know, in the Old Testament, if you're going to be a part of God's covenant, all the males had to undergo circumcision. That was a sign you were in the covenant. But in this new covenant, all of us were circumcised, men and women, but not in the flesh. He says, you were Circumcision made without hands. And in, in, now notice he tells us what it is in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now I realize that there's probably a lot of people that hear this verse have absolutely no clue what that means. I understand. You have to do some digging, you know, and the reason why sometimes we don't have a clue to some of these things that Paul says is because we didn't grow up in the environment that these people grew up in. They grew up understanding the covenants of God. They, they grew up understanding these things. We, we just, you know, we just know, you know, when we have a baby boy, the doctor says, you want him circumcised or no? You know what I'm saying? But they, they if, you did, if you weren't circumcised, you weren't part of that covenant. 
But Paul said our circumcision today is in putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh. Now, let me, let me read that to you like this, uh, where he says the body of the sins of the flesh. All it's talking about is that God cut away your sinful nature when you, came, when you got born again. He cut it away. See, the Bible says in Romans, it says our circumcision is of the heart, not the flesh. There was something wrong with our heart and it needed cut off. And what God cut off when we got born again was that sinful nature, that, that sinful desires. Amen. Now, after that's done, God tells us, in Romans chapter 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he said, renew your minds. Well, see, he didn't say anything about doing anything about your spirit because God did something with that when you were born again. He cut that old nature off. Now, you're, you say, well, pastor, I still, I got to tell you, pastor, after I got saved, I still had desires to sin. No, not the new you didn't. That was cut away. Your flesh still does. Your mind has to be renewed. Amen. But, but here's, here's the thing that we have to do after we're born again is we have to, con we have to take control of our bodies because this body will still has a propensity to want to sin. Amen. Now, if you don't know that, you can get defeated and thinking, well, I thought I, got, I thought I gave my life to the Lord. Well, if you truly gave your life to the Lord, then you were circumcised in heart and that old self was cut off. Amen. See, there's, there, there, you know, people say, and we've, I said this, I think it was, might have been Friday night. No, we weren't here Friday night. Uh, what, what night we have midweek service? Wednesday night. We used to have it on Thursday. And, and people said, well, we need to have it on Wednesday because the school doesn't plan activities around Wednesday. So we changed it. It didn't change a thing. Then we went to Wednesday and had less people. And then we decided we need to cut it back and start at 6.30 instead of 7.30 and even lost more people. Even though they all voted to do it. Except one. So I don't know how to figure this, but I just figured we'll just, we'll just have church. If you can make it, make it. If you can't, can't. But anyway, what was I saying? Where was I going? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll have to watch this, find out where I was. Scott, are you paying attention back there? <laughs> I got off now. But anyway, <clears throat> we were talking about, talking about, you know, when you got born again, you know, that, that old you was cut off. That old sinful nature was cut off. Now, now you have to control your body. You have to take control of your body. You have to make your body behave because it'll want to sin. And the devil will condemn you. and Say, well, look at you, great Christian, and then, you know, you have... Those desires. Well, how many know the Bible talks about temptation? Well, how many of you couldn't be tempted for something? There wasn't any desire there. The Bible says that 
that everybody is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust or desires and then enticed. He's enticed. In other words, the devil dangles something in front of you and it's not you, it's your flesh. Amen. So, we, so I'm going to talk to you about this today. I'm not going to go along, but I'm going to talk to you about it because I think we need to hear it. We have to control our body. Don't let your body be the boss. You be the boss. Amen. See, parents are having me told today, you be the parent. I even was watching basketball the other night, the other day, whenever it was. One of the um, commentators made this comment, and I thought, well, preach, brother. He said, if I could tell parents anything today is be the parent. Quit trying to be your kid's friend. You can be that when they grow up. Now you need to be mom and dad. Amen. And I thought, well, preach that, man. Preach that. Praise God. I don't know what's got to do with basketball, but praise God. It's good preaching anyway. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Go there. I want to look at some scripture today. Is that all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just talking about don't be body ruled. Don't let your body rule you. Amen. You know, if you're going to serve God and you're going to do it successfully, you've got to get control of your body. You can't be given the orders. Amen. You know, people say, well, I, I, I just love to go on the mission field with you, Pastor. Well, you better, you better be in disciplined shape with your body if you're going to do that. Because we ain't sleeping in until 10 in the morning. We're getting there about, getting in bed about 2.30 in the morning and getting up about 4 or something to go preach all day. Oh, I don't want to go now. Well, good. I'm glad you found that out before you went. You lazy outfit. Praise God. You, <laughs> you, can't, you can't let your... Because every time I go on a mission trip, my body tells me the same thing. Let's don't do this again. Let's don't do this. But I don't pay any attention to it. Oh, I mean, yeah, I hear it. Don't misunderstand me. Just like you do. I hear it, you know. Because it tells me, no, we don't, man, you don't get much sleep and travel's hard and I don't like airports and oh, I don't like their food over there either. Take me home. No, you got to make your body behave. Amen. All right. Since this is going over so big, I knew this was going to be a humdinger today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. You in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 14. It says, but the natural man, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, Paul said, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, talking to the church, the Corinthian church, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, this is Chapter 3, verse 1. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are you able. Uh, for uh, you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying strife and divisions, are you not carnal? And the King James says, walk as men. I like the Amplified Bible. Walk as mere, um, mere men, mere unchanged men, I think you might say. So... So Paul listed here, in these passages of Scripture, he listed three different types of people. He said there's the natural 
person, the natural man. He's the man that's, that's ruled by the world. What the world says, what the world thinks, that's what he lives by. He doesn't know any different. Then he talked about the, the spiritual man. He that's spiritual. The spiritual man is the man that's ruled by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. But then he told the Corinthians, he says, you're a carnal. The carnal man basically is the man that's ruled by his body. So you can be a Christian, but still be ruled by your body. Whatever your See, this was the problem with the church at Corinth. And he said, I could not feed you spiritual things. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be awful if the Apostle Paul came to church and he said, well, I had some, I'd like to tell you some things, but I can't tell you because you, you, can't, you can't handle it. You can't bear it. I wouldn't want that, would you? You're too carnal, too body ruled. You know, whatever your body wants, that's, that's what you do. How I many of that gets you in trouble? Yeah. Amen. Have you ever been, I don't go to the mall very often now. There's not much there for me anymore. It's changed so much, but the uh, food court. <laughs> I do go to Dillard's some, uh, but it's like I, there's, I walk out. I never even heard of these stores. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't fit in them jeans. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out what you know sits below the waist means. You know jeans, but got it says sits below the waist. It took me a little while of buying a few of those to find out that means uncomfortable. I want some that sets above the belly button. All right? I want some room. But <laughs> it took me a while to figure that out. I bought, I bought a few of those before I finally figured out, wait a minute, hey, these are for 12, these are for 12 to 25-year-olds. To these ain't for guys in their whatever aisle I am. They're not for me. You know, they didn't build these for me. And if you do wear them, you look stupid. <laughs> it's like a guy, a pastor. This is a true story. He's pastor in a church. He has a good church. I think he's kind of might kind of semi-retired now, but he has a good church. Good, you know, good sized church and a good church. Good sized church doesn't mean it's a good church, but it's a good church. Word church. And he decided that he wanted to attract more young people, so he started dressing hip, you know. And finally, his son, who was the youth pastor, came and he said, "Dad, the teenagers don't want another youth. They want a pastor." Quit dressing like that. You're 70 years old. You, you look like an idiot. <laughs> Face up to the facts. <laughs> You're not what you used to be. You know what I'm saying? And he got the, he got the message. He got the Yeah, this, is, this isn't right. This isn't working. They don't need another youth member. They need a pastor. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Now, I, there's a lot of preachers need to learn that lesson. I'm telling you, they just look stupid on TV as far as I'm concerned. I'm thinking, my gosh, if you just knew what you look like. All right. It's okay to dye your hair if you want to, or tuck your face, and whatever you want to do. You've, some people have had their face lifted so much now, it's, it's like their lips are something funny with them. <laughs> I don't care. You can do that if you want, but, you know, just realize you're old. Amen. I'm getting up here. 
<laughs> but the, the, the problem, the, somebody's got to be old. Somebody's got to have some wisdom. Amen. You should learn, you know, you should learn some wisdom over the years, you know. You ought to, all right? See, they used to, I, I, I remember this, the movement, the Joshua generations coming in, and all you old people get out of the way. And it just literally hurt the church tremendously because they were kicking the old people to the side that had lived it and knew what they were doing. Now. And now you got a bunch of young people that aren't. See, when I was coming up as a minister, I looked to the older ministers as my fathers in the faith. I didn't look to the young people my age to try to learn from them. I tried to learn from people who already been there, that already knew something. And I'm not saying this just because I'm one of the older guys now. Because, you know, I'm just saying because it's just the truth. Amen. You know, in the Joshua generation, it's like Brother Osteen, John Osteen. He said, some of y'all waiting around for me to die so you can have this church. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, he eventually did. Everybody does. But you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, you're looking for, you know, the younger people to take it. Well, young people ought to work for, in church, I started when I was young. I'm not against, I started preaching when I was 21, so I'm not against that. But I wasn't like trying to kick the older guys out of the way and saying, let me show you how to do it, how to dress and how to conduct church and everything. No, I was learning from them. Amen. Hallelujah. So this church at Corinth, man, they were, they were carnal, Paul said. And he said, I can't. You, you're walking like mere men, like unchanged men, mere unchanged men. You can be a Christian and still walk like the world because your body ruled. We don't want our bodies to rule us. Look at 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. I know this, I know this isn't a rip-roaring shout message, but we do need it. You need it. All of us need it. We got to remind it. Amen. Your body gets you in trouble. Look at 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 24. Paul said, Know ye not that they which run in a race, they run all, but, but one, one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain. The good thing about the race we're running, we can all be winners. All of us see. Because we have an individual race. We're not racing against one another. We're, race, we're running the course the Lord gave us. He said, in every man, the King James says, that strives for the mastery, that would be modern, competes for the prize. Every man that's competing for that trophy, he's temperate or self-controlled in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown, see? So what's Paul saying? He's saying, he's talking about running a race, you know? And he's saying, everybody that does this, that's running for the prize, the, the, the trophy, he said, they, uh, they're temperate. They're temperate or self-controlled. What's he, he, say, he simply saying, they restrict themselves. They don't let themselves have what other people have. They, can, they control their body. Amen. I told you there's a, there's a fighter, a boxer, and I told you about him a couple times. There's a boxer uh, that uh, has lost his belt, his title, two times, and yet he's undefeated. Never lost. Nobody's ever beaten. He fought just the other night, last Saturday night, won again. 
fought one of the top guys in his division and beat him. He's never been beaten, but he lost his title, his belt twice, because he came in overweight. When you came, come in overweight for a title fight, you lose your title. So his body cost him his title. Because I'm not criticizing him because he does better than I do. But I'm just pointing the fact out. Are you, are you all with me? See, he, he lost his title because he couldn't restrict himself enough to get to that weight. He couldn't cut it enough. Amen. I've, I've, you know, I used to run races. I haven't for a long time, but I used to. And you, you knew the people in the back that were passing around, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and coffee. They weren't going to win. I could walk up there. When, before the race started, you're supposed to get in your, what they call corral, like cattle, you know. <laughs> you have a section you're supposed to be in. Now, they let you govern yourself in these races that I've been in. You get in some of the bigger ones, they probably they govern that for you. But you're supposed to go to the one where you think you're supposed to finish. In other words, the guy with the donut, the bag of donuts and the coffee is not supposed to be taking off from up front. He's in everybody's way. See, they want you out of the way. If you think you're going to finish mid-pack, you go to corral number this or that. All right, so, so I, would, I would walk up and I could just... You could just look and see who was going to win this race. You may not know the person, but you could pick the group out because they were lean and mean. Amen. Man, they had had something lean and mean for breakfast. Others of us had bagels and donuts and coffee. Well, we, you know, and I knew I wasn't going to win, even if I didn't have the bagel and donut. You, you got to have the, you have to have the athleticism to win it. So I knew that. So, you know, pass the donuts. <laughs> I went to one one time and my, my granddaughter, Mia, she said, uh, Grandpa, you're going to win. You're going to win. I said, oh, honey, I'm not going to win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to finish good, you know, and I, I did finish good. I finished like second in my age group. And I said, I'm not going to win, honey. She goes, where's your faith? <laughs> it was cute. Where's your faith? I, well, ain't no scripture for this one, baby. <laughs> this will take more than part in the Red Sea for this to happen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, those girls would run with me sometimes. And oh, gosh. And then one of them wouldn't prepare, and then she'd be, you know, oh, my side hurts, my side hurts. It's like, suck it up, buttercup. I told you, you got to run, every, you can't just run every other Thursday and do this race. But Paul's talking about running a race, right? And he's saying, if you're going to, he said, if you, in the natural, if you're going to win, you got to restrict yourself. You can't just be eating some of the things that we normally eat. You can't just be eating pizza and slopping down a, you know, a, you know, a root beer and eating ice cream. You, you, you can't do that and win. you got to restrict yourself. And Paul's saying that, now he's not saying in the Christian life you can't eat Ice cream and not win. <laughs> He's saying you can't let your body have its way. 
Verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight as not one that beats the air. In other words, I, I, I've got aim here. I know what I'm after. I know what i got to do. Listen to what he said. Here's what he said he's got to do to win. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Listen, he didn't, now listen to this, he didn't say I put under my body. He said, I keep it under. It's a big difference. Put means I do it one time, we're done. Keep means I got to stay on it. It'll keep trying to rear up. Now, if the Apostle Paul had to keep his body under, how many think we probably still have to keep ours under? Amen. You know, (coughs) listen, (coughs) and notice he said, I bring it, what? Into subjection. What's that mean? Well, it means... It's going to get out of subjection if you don't keep it there. Amen. In other words, it, how many know? How many have ever? How many ever? How many ever have <laughs> work lips? How many have ever uh, lost weight? Oh, all of us have, except Pastor Chuck, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> the rest of us that are normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a friend of mine ran into me and when the church a minister friend we hadn't seen one in a long time and he said man you look good I said well I should I've been losing weight for 35 years <laughs> he said I, I think he says I understand well how many know that it's not enough just to lose the weight is it you got to keep it off how do you keep it off you got to keep your body under isn't that right See, it's a constant keeping it under. It's not like, it, it, you know, if you just had to make the decision one time, Ellen, I've made it thousands of times to lose weight. If you just had to make it one time, it'd be good. I've made it thousands of times. Because the thing of it is, is that one decision, that's, that's a starting point, but you have to keep it under. And Paul said, I, I, I keep my body under. That keep it under, some translations say buffet it, not buffet. <laughs> buffet. And it literally means to treat it roughly, to punch it, to hit it under the eye. It, it has a connotation to someone who fights with their fist. In other words, you've got to be rough with, with your body. Now, he's not talking about mistreat your body, but he's talking about by, the, by what you let it do, you've got to handle it roughly. You can't do this. You're going to do this. In other words, you have to tell it what to do and have to make it line up. You're going to pray today because I say you're going to pray. I don't want to pray today. Well, I don't care what you want to or not. You're going to pray today. Amen. Or whatever it might be, you're going to, you know, you're going to read the Word or you're going to fast or you're going to, you're going to walk in love. How I many know that, that that's a tough one sometimes? You know, you can think you're full of love, and then you get challenged, and then you find out, well, I need to work a little bit more. Amen. Just like Pastor did the time the guys, you know, the drive-by name-calling that I got running one day, and I hollered back, come back here and say it to me like a man. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm a pastor. What am I doing here? <laughs> Shut up, body. They didn't come back, big chickens. They saw this physique standing on the side of the road. Thought, ain't no way I'm going back, man. 
That guy tear us off limb by limb, man. Beat us with the bloody end. I ain't going to do that. How many of that's just your body, right? It's wrong. That's what you're supposed to keep under, which I let get out a little bit that day. You're supposed to keep it under. Amen. And so, you know, there's things that, that, that we, have to, we have to watch that our body doesn't rule us. It doesn't take control. It doesn't lead us. It doesn't guide us. Now, let's, are you getting anything today? All right, you're, you're pretty nice about it. I know that so far anyway. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to look at this and maybe one more scripture. We'll go here quickly and we'll let you go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> Paul said something here. It's really uh, revealing when you think about it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, <clears throat> and then we'll go to Romans chapter 8. We'll close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> In verse 23, Paul said this. He, he gives us, man, the makeup of man. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, The very God of peace sanctify you holy. All one peace. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul lets us know the makeup of man, doesn't he? Right? See, psychology a lot of times recognizes there's two parts to you. But Paul said there's three parts to you. There's spirit, there's soul, there's body. Everybody say it. Spirit, spirit soul, soul, and body. body. Now, I think it's real important that we pay attention to the order he gave us here. He put spirit first, soul second, body last. A lot of times you hear people say body, soul, and spirit. Well, that's not really the order he gave it. He gave us spirit, soul, and body. And I think the reason is, is because the most important part of you is the spirit part. Now you think about this. If you die, your spirit's going to live on, isn't it? So... Isn't it more important that you take care of your inner man than your outer man? People prepare for retirement, but don't prepare for eternity. See, they take care of their bodies, but not their spirit. Right? They go to the gym, but not to the house of God. They pay to go to the gym. You mentioned tithing at the house of God and they get offended. Yet they pay. I'm not saying anything wrong going with, to the gym, but get your priorities right. Your spirit man, feeding him the word of God, doing spiritual things is more important than anything. And if you get that backwards, your body will run your life. Amen. So I've, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect at this, but I'll tell you what, I've learned this years ago. If, if I was going to walk in victory as a Christian, I was going to have to keep my mind renewed and stay full of the Holy Spirit. I was going to have to do those two things. So, so God wants us to take care of our body. How many know the body? God actually, actually, did you know the truth of the matter is, is you don't own your body? The Bible says you were bought with a price. Right? So you can't just do things with your body that you decide you want to do. You, 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 you know, people today, they do so many things with their body that they, 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 ought to, they ought to think about it before they do it. Amen. Right? Because it belongs to God. 
I mean, I've gone to, uh, this is going to offend, but anyway, I've gone to Christian bookstores and used to, to see people look like that, you had to go to a punk rock concert. I'm thinking, man, got a bunch of punk rockers. They're working in a Christian bookstore. Well, I know it'd get quiet on that, but um, I'm thinking. It's like one of our guest speakers said one time. So he looked like, you know, <laughs> he was talking about one particular guy. So he looked like he fell face first in a tackle box. <laughs> well, yeah, that's about the description. I don't know that God wants you doing all that stuff with your body. Now, before you're saved, you do all kinds of things with your body. You fornicate with it. You do all kinds of things with it. But after you're saved, your body got bought by somebody. <clears throat> Amen. You know, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways we could go with this if we wanted to go there, but I'd get under conviction, and so I'm not. It's like, I'm not so sure you're supposed to overfeed your body, God's body, but. Yeah. All right, let's keep it on an adult level. <laughs> I don't know. You can throw this one away, Scott, if you want. I don't know this message. Romans chapter 8. Have me know that God bought our bodies. And that particular passage is don't use them for sexual immorality. But you could say that in a lot of areas. Don't do this with your body. Don't do that to your body. Don't put that in your body. Don't, right? There's things that, that are, they hurt the temple of God. And you don't want it in there. Now, I'm not preaching, obviously, you know, I'm not preaching that you've got to be so legalistic. You know, you can't ever have a slice of apple pie. Look, God made your body to handle apple pie as long as you don't go nutty with it. I should have got some amens on that. I don't know. Especially if you, if you tone it down with ice cream. <laughs> and a little cinnamon <laughs> sugar. But how many know if you push that too far? See, there are some people that get so strict, they never eat any, anything like that. They're just so boring, I don't even want to be around them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and if, if God dealt with you to be that way, you probably better be that way because God knows your body better than you know your body. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just simply saying, don't preach it to me, darling. It's been a while since I had apple pie, but I got some in my freezer, and it's, it's, it's subject to be broken out at any time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But now if I do that all the time, I'm abusing the body because, the, you know, you, you, you can't load your body down with all that junk all the time and not have some problems. See? Amen. It's like a, I prayed for a guy one time. I shouldn't even prayed for him. He was drinking, I don't know, what did he say, 18 soft drinks a day? 18, not diet, regular, which is better for you than the diet, by the way. Right. Craig's booing me. <laughs> <laughs> don't boo your pastor. He was real quiet. <laughs> but, you know, and, 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 he, and he had kidney stones. And I was stupid enough to pray for him. You know what I'm saying? I fell for him, but I'm thinking, man, you can't drink 18 of anything a day and not have problems. <laughs> it's like one guy said, this guy said this. And I, he said, what was it? He said he drank 27 cups of coffee a day, and he started having joint issues, and he prayed, and the Lord said, gave him the word coffee. So he quit drinking coffee. 
I was like, can't you just drink one or two and maybe be okay? I mean, anything. We, we, we was in Missouri and this lady, she killed herself by drinking too much water when we were there. Really? She drank so much water, she drowned on the inside. I don't know how that works. But I just, it, it did. This radio contest, this radio station is having a contest about who could drink the most water. And this woman won, but it killed her. So even though water's good for you, too much of it. See, God, there's a, there's, there's, the Scripture teaches tempered self-control moderation in all things. Amen? So go ahead and eat those cookies. Just don't do it all the time. Amen. Praise God. Every now and then have a good old fried pork chop. Hallelujah. Hard to find them now. But if you find a place that has them, let me know. Romans 8, are you there? This was just awful today. I don't know. Romans 8. You got it? Verse 10, I'm closing and I'm going to let you go. Verse 10, if, and if Christ be in you, is Christ in you? Yes. The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. What is Paul saying? He's saying if Christ is in you, you're supposed to live like your body is dead. Other words, it doesn't have a voice. Amen. It doesn't control you. Paul said, reckon ye yourselves to be dead unto sin. Well, that's saying the same thing. You, gotta, you, you can't let your body control you. As far as you're concerned, it's dead. But the spirit is alive because he'll lead you in righteousness. Your body will lead you into sin. The spirit will lead you into righteousness. Amen. When, you, when, you, when, you, when somebody's dead, how many know they can't do much, can they? I was watching a movie one time, older movie, 60s, and this, this guy had died, but some of his cronies, weren't, they wanted to make sure he was dead. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, because, well, I, I'm, I won't tell you why, but because I'd have to just tell you the whole movie. But anyway, they, he's, at, he's laying there in his funeral, you know, he's just laying there. And one of his old cronies comes in and sticks a, a mirror up by his nose to make sure that it doesn't steam up, you know, he's not still breathing. So he goes, oh, he's dead. And, another, and one of his other guys comes in, he gets in his coat pocket, and he pulls out a, a pin and sticks him, you know. And his wife sitting on the front goes, <gasps> but the guy didn't go, <gasps> he didn't do anything. Why? He's dead. Can't respond. That's what Paul's talking about. Treat your body so it was dead. It, doesn't have a, it does not have a say-so. Amen. It only gets its way when it's in line with what God says. Amen. That's the only time I let it have its way. If you line up with God, you can have your way. If not, I'm not going to be ruled by you. I'm going to be ruled by the Spirit of God. I'm going to be ruled by the Word of God. I'm not going to be ruled by you. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.